Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 84 of the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, and I am pleased to be joined in studio by Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing on this fine day? I'm doing wonderful. And you know what? You're such a good co-host, such a good host of this show. And, and that the, <laughs> the respect you have of me as a co-host, usually you do your number 84 and the player, the, you know, the <laughs> player that, you know how I feel about Guillaume Latrandres. You know that. I and do. You're such a good, oh, you put me in a good mood. <laughs> you're a very you know, good host. I, and, and, like, I have nothing against – well, okay, I do have something against you. <laughs> you know, it was it, it was very difficult for me not to do that, just sort of the force of habit type of thing where I was just about to say, introduce my co-host, the – I was about to do that, and I stopped myself because I remembered that. So uh, <laughs> I'm happy that you're in a good mood, and that helped your uh, good mood a little bit here on this Saturday. Okay. So. Now listen, yeah. uh, for those for the uh, for those that I uh, know as our regular listeners will know what I'm talking about because I've been very fortunate in in meeting players, in interviewing players, in in running into players um that everyone in the, and and not only players but um management, general managers, everybody's been super nice. Everyone has been super nice every time, gracious except Guillaume Latendresse and, and Jose Theodore. And, and I told that story before, and I'm not going to tell it again. But the other part of it is what a bust, what an absolute bust Guillaume Latendresse was for a second, yeah. round, second round pick. And in the infamous 2005 draft, the, the Sidney Crosby draft, the, the, uh, and, and that came after the, the lockout and the Carey Price draft. Um, and the interesting thing for me, you know, he went, he went one, he went 45, uh, Paul Stasny was 44. Can you imagine if, and the Canadians at that time were, were, that was Saku Koivu, um, um, Ribeiro was there. They were having trouble at center. They needed support at center. Imagine adding Paul Stasny to that mix. That would have been if they had traded up one, but even if they went another way, even if they and we always hear, oh, why didn't they pick the Q player? Why did they pick so-and-so instead of the Q player? Well, this is a case where they did pick the Q player, and it was a disaster. Um, <laughs> and you could have taken Mason Raymond um, mm. a couple of picks later. Or even if you pick a different Q player in Chris Letang a, f- uh, a few more picks later. Guillaume <laughs> um, Latendresse, okay, this is my, my Guillaume Latendresse rant, and thank you for not mentioning him. But I got into it anyway. Uh, <laughs> next week we'll be on to oh eighty five. Eighty five. Is that that's Grabowski? 
Is that, is that where we are? He's, he, um, I think he, he he wore a couple different numbers for the yeah, Canadians, yeah, actually did. so I'm not we'll sure. See where, we'll see where we are next week. We'll, we'll see where we land on that one, but I will say that I, I, you said that you were in a good mood because I didn't mention it. You just said that the Montreal Canadiens could have drafted Chris Letang, which gets me in a really sour mood. But you know what? We soldier <laughs> on here on the Canadiens Connection podcast, so we're going to make the best of it. Uh, we have a lot to talk about on this episode of the Canadiens Connection podcast. Of course, I mean, uh, one thing that the Montreal Canadiens have been doing and uh, it's given us a lot to talk about is signing guys to entry-level deals, signing guys in general. So we have another signing to talk about. Um, they're going to potentially be losing some players from uh, the organization, losing rights to those players. We'll be getting to that in a moment. Uh, Max Domi was on a conference call this week and touched on his uh, uh, pending contract negotiations with the Montreal Canadiens, of course, restricted free agent this summer. So we're going to be discussing that. Um, and then in segment two, um, there was the cancellation of the AHL season, the remainder of the AHL season. So we're going to be discussing that and all the sorts of different uh, side roads that leads to and, and, and the potential discussion of a resumption of play in the NHL. Um, so, Rick, I, su- I, I suggest we dive right in because, my oh my, oh, sure. we do have a lot to get to today. Um, beginning with Cam Hillis, uh, he was a, tw- a third-round pick back in 2018. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens signed him to a three-year entry-level deal. Uh, he's 19 years old, and uh, some Habs fans will remember he played alongside Nick Suzuki in Guelph. Uh, so the Montreal Canadiens signing him to a three-year ELC after last week when they signed Alexander Romanov. So uh, what were your thoughts on that deal? It's um, uh, remember We remember that LaPresse interview, I think it was in February, where uh, Mark Bergevin said, of the 2018 draft picks, the, the picks that um, um, uh, the Canadians would lose rights to as of June 1st of this year, uh, there were four of them um, that um, he would likely only uh, sign one. And if you're going to sign one, um, Cam Hillis is the guy. Um, Cam Hillis was captain of the Gulf Storm last year. Um and had a, a, a really good bounce back season. We remember the year before that was, that was the Guelph yeah. Storms. Uh, they had that incredible playoff run and, and uh, with uh, Nick Suzuki and Isaac Radcliffe. And, um, and uh, unfortunately Cam Hillis wasn't a part of that. Uh, wasn't a part of that on the ice uh, because the he ice, had, yeah. uh, he had a couple of injuries and he ran into um uh, uh, two shoulder injuries, and uh, it, it was um, it was it was a tough season. It was tough for for him to. Uh, he also had an MCL injury. Um, um, it was tough for him to watch from from the stands. Um, and uh, but he a real comeback season. He worked hard. Um, I liked uh, what he said when he said that uh, uh, one of his sports heroes is Drew Brees and um, he read Drew Brees's book um, uh, the the um, coming back stronger book uh, the autobiography that Drew Brees did and 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 it that that chronicled um, how he came back uh, to win the Super Bowl after his uh, injury and and reading that book put him in a good frame of mind and and last year came and had a great season I said he's captain um, and uh, He's he's there's a lot of skill there. I I yeah. uh, a really good playmaker. 
he was uh, perhaps more of a dynamic scorer in, in minor hockey, but um, he made the adjustment to junior. And, and uh, so I think he'll make the adjustment uh, to Laval pretty well um, for next season. Um, he will get the chance uh, to play with uh, another player that he played with, and that's Liam Howell, um, who uh, we talked about, was it last week or the week? I think it was last yeah. week. Who signed last the, week, yeah. Uh, con- uh, an AHL contract with uh, with Laval, so um, good signing, and uh, he's the guy that we remember after he was drafted. Trevor Timmons said, uh, "This is the guy who has uh, the engine, the little engine that never stops." So, um, <laughs> a hard worker um, and uh, a bit of a leader. Um, the other thing I should mention is that um, while he was suffering those injuries or recovering from those those injuries, in addition to putting his mind uh, in the right place by reading uh, Drew Brees' book, he started a foundation, a charitable foundation, in partnership with Canadian Tires. So um, I, who does that at that age? That, that's yeah. great, great. Uh, that shows great character. And obviously, uh, those are the kinds of things that Trevor Timmons looks for. Um, when drafting. So uh, I think they got a good one here. I said, yeah, I think so. Um, you mentioned there as well as that Mark Bergeron thought that he only would only sign one of those guys of the, of the group that he would lose rights to. And so that group includes Alan McShane, Cole Fonstad, Samuel Hood, Arvid Henriksen, and Max Freeberg. So those are guys that the Montreal Canadians could lose rights to as of uh, June 1st. So, uh, what do you make of that group of players? And do you think Mark Bergevin is going to stick to only signing one of the group of, of guys that in Cam Hillis, do you think that'll be the only guy out of that group? Yeah. And of course, uh, Max Freeberg, remember Max is a great yeah. captain of uh, St. John's ice caps and, and Arvid Fred Hendrickson. Those, those are two players who, you know, um, kind of separate from that 2018 yeah. group that Mark Bergevin was talking about. Um, and that group, as you said, uh, in addition to Hillis, Cole Fonstad, Samuel Oud, Alan McShane, um, I, I, I think you're going to see Samuel Oud signed to an AHL contract, but not an ELC. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I know what Mark Bergevin said in, in, uh, in February, and we're getting down to it. There's only two weeks left. Uh, it appears we may have lost Rick, but as he was talking about, I mean, you're looking at the potential of losing those guys that they drafted back in 2018. Um, and, and as well, Max Freeberg, who I'll just touch on a little bit here, who and Rick just mentioned a really great leader down uh, when he was with the St. John's Ice Caps of the AHL. And uh, there's there's a funny story. We, we often talk about Brian Rogers on this podcast. Brian Rogers, the play-by-play guy uh, for the St. John's Ice Caps. So I'll just tell a, a little brief story. There was a, a play in a game uh, where Max Freeberg, uh, he fell down. And anyways, uh, it appeared as though he was grabbed onto by an opposing player and hauled along the ice and, and Brian Rogers with, with a fantastic call set and Max Freeberg going for a little bit of a sleigh ride. Uh, and that, that's something that I always remember when I think of Max Freeberg, but you look at the potential of losing some of those guys drafted in 2018, like McShane, Fonstad, Ood, and uh, separate from the group are Henriksen, 
and Max Freeberg. Um, when you look at the potential of losing those guys, I mean, those are those are guys you drafted in, in 2018. There was the emphasis on drafting centers and forwards. And if there is going to be one that's going to be signed, like Rick was talking about, maybe Samuel Ude to that AHL contract, get a little bit more depth. Uh, obviously, a, a guy that the Montreal Canadiens would have some interest in uh, if that were to come to pass. Um, but certainly... This is not going to be with Cam Hillis signing. You would expect that perhaps they don't go. The roster spots, you want to maintain some level of flexibility there. So it's understandable in that sense why the Montreal Canadiens wouldn't want to clog their organization with guys that perhaps they don't see as being the guys of the future. And for that, I think that you can, you can certainly understand where they're coming from. Um, as we wait for Rick to get back, we'll just move along very quickly. We might get back to this story. However, um, one thing that happened this week as well um, that was that was pretty interesting uh, was Alish Hemsky uh, announcing his retirement. Uh, played 15 seasons, most of which with the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, however, you might remember that he also played for the Montreal Canadiens. However, it was brief. Uh, he played seven games with the Montreal Canadiens back in 2017, in that 2017-18 season. Um, but last week, and this was something that myself and Rick were talking about before the show, episode 83 of the Canadiens Connection podcast, we actually brought up Alish Hemsky. Alish Hemsky wore number 83 for the Montreal Canadiens. That is how I typically introduce a show. Um, so Rick put two and two together and figured that the reason why Alish Hemsky retired chose right now, having not played since that 2017-18 season, Rick put two and two together and, and, and figured that it might be because of his mention on last week's show. Um, so I think that that is something to consider. Uh, <laughs> it is often the case that we will mention a player on this podcast I remember, I think the, the biggest example might have been Jeff Petrie a couple of years ago when I mentioned that I thought that he could be doing more, that he could be contributing more to the Montreal Canadiens, and you will see a direct improvement in a player's performance. I believe Max Domi, perhaps earlier this season, that might have also been the case uh, when, I, when, I, when me and Rick, both of us, uh, were talking about his play. And then he went out on that West Coast trip uh, in December and the Montreal Canadiens were, uh, they beat Calgary. And I remember Max Domi scored uh, the OT winner in that one, played a, a really good game. It happens on this podcast. So we like to think that there is a correlation between us doing something on a podcast and then things happening uh, directly thereafter. And that was the case uh, for Alish Hemsky uh, when we mentioned him last week and then this week. Uh, announcing his retirement after 15 NHL seasons, like I said, uh, most of which with the Edmonton Oilers, played with the Ottawa Senators as well, and played with uh, the Dallas Stars. And uh, we do have Rick back with us here uh, on the line. Uh, Rick, great to have you back. I was just talking about Alish Hemsky and his retirement after discussing the, uh, the, the, the group of players Montreal will be losing rights to. But if you'd like to get back to the point, uh, you were making about Sam Hood potentially signing an AHL contract. Yeah, um, thanks. Thanks. Sorry, I uh, departed there for a second. Um, uh, I, I was just saying that uh, uh, 
you know, there's there's still news that can be made uh, of that group. Samuel Oud may may sign an AHL contract. Yeah. That would be his way way to stay with the organization. And I'm still holding out hope for Cole Fonstad that in the next two weeks, um, I know the the Canadians are have 45 contracts, but um, yeah, there might be a chance that Cole Fonstad uh, starts uh, and uh, I'm, this contract. Yeah, I, I mentioned as well. When we talk about Alex Hemsky, played 15 seasons, only played seven games with the Montreal Canadiens, but he was there for a period of time. And I was discussing how before the show we made the connection that perhaps after episode 83 last week where we mentioned Alex Hemsky announces his retirement. Uh, I, I likened it to times where we've mentioned players like Jeff Petrie, who we thought may have been underperforming or Max Domi earlier this season. And then they go out and there's, there's a correlation between the mentioning of the player on this podcast and then something happening related to that player. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, and, you know, he hasn't played uh, since uh, he went out with a concussion in the, after those seven games with the Canadians. Uh, so it's been clear that his uh, formal retirement was pending, but as you said, waited till he got the, uh, yeah. the highlight dimension on uh, the Canadians connection last week and, uh, and made the, made it official this week. Yeah. And uh, moving moving on to another really interesting piece of news, something that we've been sort of following um, has been Dean McDonald's desire to get a ECHL franchise in Trois-Rivières. Um, they made a very interesting hire of a, for a, a name that will sound very familiar to Montreal Canadiens fans. We discussed earlier, uh, early, a couple of weeks, a couple well, a couple of months ago now <laughs> in Mark Waitman. Well, this is, this is funny because this whole thing has been a ra- pretty much a soap opera, right? And um, yeah. <laughs> when, when the deal fell apart and, um, and, and it looked like we remember uh, Marc-Andre Bergeron, former Canadian, yep. uh, was the emissary uh, on behalf of Trois-Rivières, on behalf of Mayor Jean Lamarche. Um, and he was negotiating with Dean McDonald, uh, Dean McDonald, uh, owner of the Growlers, Newfoundland Growlers. Um, and it was Dean McDonald along with Glenn Stanford. We know Glenn Stanford from his uh, yep. <laughs> association with the St. John's Ice Caps. Um, that uh, were negotiating and they were negotiating with Marc-Andre Bergeron when this all fell apart. The, uh, the mayor, John LaMarche said, uh, thanks very much, uh, Marc-Andre Bergeron. We don't need you anymore. And he, we, we always know in his heart, John LaMarche, the mayor wanted a Q franchise uh, anyway. Um, And uh, so he let um, Mab go and, and uh, Dean McDonald said, you know what? Want to switch sides, Marc-Andre Bergeron? (laughs) I'll hire you as, as my emissary, my negotiator, which he did. So now we have Mark Waitman and uh, for Canadian, Canadians fans should know who Mark Waitman is. He was uh, the president of, of the Laval Rocket. He was a vice president of Place Bell. Um, he was very influential in, um, in the Canadians organization with respect to the Laval Rocket. Um, he's also uh, 22 years as uh, involved with the Montreal Alouettes. He's got a pretty high profile in Montreal sports. Um, he recently left, uh, or in the winter, he left um, the um, uh, Laval Rocket um, after securing the All-Star Game. That was his main project um, yeah. for next season. Um 
And uh, so Dean McDonald said, hey, um, you got lots of experience with uh, running uh, buildings, running um, uh, support franchises, uh, come and work for me. So now um, he is, uh, Mark Waitman, that is, is a, is a consultant for Dean McDonald as um, he's still pursuing this ECHL franchise for the Montreal Canadiens uh, in Trois-Rivières. And these are the days of Dean McDonald's life, uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get a franchise in Trois-Rivières, an ECHL franchise. Um, so are all Rick... Newfoundlanders that interesting? <laughs> are, are they really? <laughs> I don't, I don't know that we are, but Dean McDonald, uh, <laughs> Dean McDonald and Glenn Sanford, I think those are the guys that we would send to, uh, to, to represent Newfoundland and just about anything. Cause they are, they are very interesting people, uh, <laughs> but moving persistent. on to a really interesting, yeah, they are persistent. We're, we're nothing if not persistent Newfoundland, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, moving on to a very interesting story uh, regarding Max Domi, who, uh, you know, Montreal Canadiens and Montreal Canadiens employees have been doing conference calls throughout this uh, pause of an NHL season. And we've been getting some very interesting quotes out of that. Max Domi was no different. And Max Domi is in a very interesting spot, given the fact, you know, he's going to be a restricted free agent this off season, whenever that happens now. Um, but he was talking about his current situation, that he wants to be in Montreal, that he wants to make the playoffs, which uh, he has not. As he said, it's a dream to play in the playoffs, and it's everyone's dream. Um, but, Rick, this is a very interesting spot for Max Domi because obviously we remember back to last season, over 70 points. He comes in, he's the new kid in town, and he, he blows away everyone's expectations this was a little bit of a different year for Max Domi. So what do you make of, of his current situation? Well, we've talked about it a number of times that um, he perhaps came down to earth and we saw maybe the real yeah. uh, Max Domi, the, the, the player that we'll see uh, moving, uh, going forward. Uh, and so that, that begs the question. And, and when, you, when you look at, um, I don't remember which publication did it, but they looked at, the one prime player to be traded uh, for each uh, NHL franchise. And, and Max Domi was the one for um, the, the Canadians. And, and there's no question that he's embraced the city. He's become a real fan favorite and uh, he's an exciting player. Uh, but we saw, we, we didn't see um, uh, that dynamic player um, this past season that he was in the previous, his first uh um, here in Montreal. And um, I, I think there's no question that given what's coming and given the progression with, with Kakinemi, with Ryan Paling uh, and moving uh, Phil Deneau down a bit and uh, that, that Max Domi is uh, destined for the wing. He's destined to play the wing. Uh, but we saw when Claude Julien tried that this past uh, year, um, Max Domi pouted, uh, and, and, um, it seemed to really, I, I mean, he's, he's a natural winger. He was converted to center when he came here, but yet that seems to be part of, uh, what he's absorbed as his identity. Now he, he yeah. feels it's beneath him to play on the wing. And, uh, in that press conference, he said a couple of interesting things about, um, 
it's it. I don't know. I uh, the way I read it, he said all the right things. He'll play where the coach wants, and he he said all the the uh, politically correct kind of things. But then when it came down to it, it was clear to me that Max Domi wants to play center. He wants to play for the Montreal Canadiens. He loves being the center of attention in a in a big market city, but he wants to be playing center uh, while he's here. Yeah, and I mean, I, I can sort of understand from his perspective that it would feel as though if they would move him back to the wing, it was ta- it's taking responsibility away from him. And as a guy, I, I, I guess with, with a lot of confidence and belief in himself, he would want that sort of spotlight, that attention, and all that res- the responsibility that comes with it. But like you said, there is there are guys that are coming up through this system that are more natural centermen. And there are guys like uh, even a Nick Suzuki who was put in that spot because Max Domi wasn't producing, who I think you would rather see Nick Suzuki in that spot because of the potential that he has. So I think that, yeah, it's, it's very difficult to say what Max Domi you're going to get um, going forward. And if that will be with the Montreal Canadiens at all, we, we really, we don't know a whole lot yet about where this is going to head, but obviously, as you said, he would like to be in Montreal. Um, and I'm just going to add here, yeah. I'm just going to add here, because um, it kind of ties in was uh, the big headline comment uh, this week uh, came from Mitch Marner. Um, yeah. And and he said um, and, and this was this was in a private video chat. Well, well, the, they were gaming, but somehow it was was released as these things are. And. With respect to uh, return to play, Mitch Marner said, what happens if somebody gets sick and died, dies? What happens? Yeah. It's awful to think about, but still. And, and yeah, that, that goes to the reality that a lot of these players are thinking about. But Mitch Marner went further, and he said, there are guys like Domi who has diabetes. If he catches it, he's yeah. really in trouble. Um, and it kind of, you know, it, it, um, we, we remember that there are um, vulnerable players um, yeah. in the league that that um, you know must must have these kinds of things on their minds. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's often you often forget, but these guys are not superhuman. They are they are human at the end of the day. They have you know, Max Domi has diabetes, as, as Mitch Marner pointed out. It's 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 very you have to think about those uh, sorts of things. Um, but uh, moving to an, uh, a story about a guy not short on confidence, never short on confidence, is P.K. Subban. Um, and he claimed in an interview with Men's Journal that he still believes that he's one of the best defensemen in the NHL. And he believes that there are, quote, better days ahead for him, despite leaving Nashville in a situation where he was winning, going to New Jersey, where that hasn't quite been the case. Um, and he says that those better days might be winning a Norris or Stanley Cup but he still believes that he is somebody that a coach who, uh, you know, who wants to win would rely on in those key moments, in those situations. Uh, so Rick, <laughs> it's not often, I mean, we, we often hear about PK Subban and, and, and he's not short on confidence, as I said. So this doesn't really come as a surprise. <laughs> no, it didn't, but it's, 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 um, it's a matter of PK uh, promoting himself, promoting his brand, as he likes to say, um, uh, and, and a situation that doesn't really jive with, with reality. Um, yeah. You know, uh, he, when he says, I'm still one of the top defensemen in the league, when he uh, infers that he can still win the Norris, I, 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 I 
that that may be what he he sees himself or he he'd like to return to that level of play but he's nowhere close to that uh um and it's you just look at the team stats for <laughs> for New Jersey i mean it's the argument could be made he's not the best defenseman on his team so that's that's just that's just where it is right now for PK Subban perhaps in the right situation he might be able to revive to the point where he could be in that conversation, but it's certainly not the case now. And it, it really doesn't look like it's going to trend in that direction. Um, Rick, so moving on to another story that emerged this week, Cole Caulfield was named Big Ten Freshman of the Year. So uh, that was that's quite the honor for uh, a top prospect for the Montreal Canadiens. For sure. And um, uh, he he didn't get the 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 top NCAA player, a uh, rookie of the year, but uh, but being named top freshman is uh, is certainly an honor for him in in the Big Ten uh, conference. Um, yeah. But it it also gave an opportunity for um, uh, the media to to meet with him or, or to, uh, to 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 talk with him and and I. Um, he has he has set some pretty clear goals for yeah. <laughs> uh, next season in Wisconsin, and and I think we said here that one of the good things about him going back to um, the NCAA was his opportunity to dominate, and and he said that he wants to dominate. He said he wants to take over. Um, he wants to be a leader on his team. Um, he wants to be a, a, a voice in the in the locker room. Things that that um, um, weren't happening this past year. He was he was primarily focused on uh, scoring goals and 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 getting to the Canadians roster by the end of the season. And and I hope he understands that he needs much more of a. Uh, but he set a rather lofty goal when he said, "I would like to win the Hobie Baker. It's one of my goals." for next yeah. season and uh that's, that well i mean um good for him i hope he has some team goals as well uh but um <laughs> and i'm sure his teammates would like to hear that but uh, uh and hobie baker award that's uh in the ncaa if most people know the mvp yep. it was scott prunovich uh, the, uh played for umd and and was the blues uh prospect in fact he signed uh, his elc um, with the Blues yeah. afterwards, he was a great defenseman. So um, it, he has a good attitude. Um, he's training with at home with his brother, and and uh, uh, sounds anxious to uh, get back to Wisconsin uh, to get his year underway. Certainly not a bad thing to be goal oriented. It seems that is the case for Cole Caulfield, both when he plays hockey and, and just in general. Um, <laughs> uh, TSN, as we've been discussing over the last couple of weeks, we discussed a couple of weeks ago uh, the the all time seven challenge thing that they were doing that included the all time Montreal Canadiens team. This time they did it a little bit differently. They did it an all time team Canada, and it included uh, Carey Price and Shea Weber alongside the likes of Wayne Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, Bobby Orr, and Martin Brodeur, just to name a few. Uh, so, Rick, what what, to, what did you make of their inclusion in that group of players uh, in some pretty fine company? Wow. Um, these guys at TSN, they're just suckers for punishment because no matter <laughs> what you do, you're going to get criticism for this kind of stuff. Oh, and, for sure. And you know what? They did a great job. They did a really good job. Um, should Carey Price be the goaltender, uh, the number one with Martin Brodeur? Of course, uh, given... 
given his overall play, NHL, international, all of that. Um, should Shea Weber be there? And Shea Weber on the third pairing with Scott Niedermeyer. Wow, I would have loved to have seen that. Um, <laughs> that, yeah, really. Um, a perfect kind of a perfect kind of matchup, right? Yeah. Um, uh, also, Bobby Orr with Paul Coffey. I can't even, I can't even <laughs> m- imagine that. Um, just but take turns just, rushing the it, fuck up the ice. <laughs> well, really, um, uh, this, 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 these kinds of exercises are, are fun. Um, and people will complain. They'll complain about anything. For me, uh, the only one I would have liked to have seen Eric Lindros in there. Uh, but it's hard to get him in when you have everybody else. Yeah. And, uh, you, as we were talking about before the, the show started that fourth line, um, <laughs> they have, they have Joe Sackick and they have Steve Iserman, uh, kind of flip-flopping places on the fourth line and the foundational player being Jonathan Taves. So potentially you have three centers for that fourth line being Taves, Sackick and Iserman with Messier and Nash on the wings. Unbelievable fourth line for that team. Yeah. And we were discussing, I mean, oftentimes when you head into an international competition, that includes, you know, NHL players, they often say you could probably have two team candidates. And you look at the, the years that these guys were active, overlapping, and, and, and times that they were teammates at for Team Canada at a, at a world event. I mean, you, you can't go wrong with any of these guys. So it's a very difficult thing to, to try and do when there's that much depth in terms of, of just pure talent. So, uh, but yeah, as you said, they, uh, they put themselves out there, TSN, but I think that they delivered on this one as well. Um, staying with Carey Price, um, just a, a brief mention. Uh, once again, Carey and Angela Price uh, showing their tremendous generosity, funding meals for staff at Jewish, a Jewish General Hospital. Um, so just, just tremendous work, once again, from the Price family. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on to the continuing impact of the coronavirus. Um, so it looks like there's some discussion that the NHL will head into just right into the playoffs. And obviously we've been discussing that as being a possibility on this podcast. Um, but, but the sort of the logistics of that have now sort of taken the, have, have been the forefront. So you have what, 16 teams, you could have 20 teams, you could have 24, you could have an expanded playoff tree uh for this year's playoffs if there is going to be a return to play so um but what do you what do you think of that well i i i think we were we kind of saw this coming that they were going to have to skip those regular season games and and it it seems that through these discussions with the return to play committee and uh, we should mention that that return to play committee met twice this week which is uh yeah significant i think uh, with a board of governors meet, uh, teleconference call on Monday. So things are happening and we might have some decisions next week, but uh, yeah, it looks like they'll skip the rest of the regular season, go right to the playoffs. Um, we've heard a lot about this 24 uh, team uh, playoff round, uh, playoff with uh, uh, rounds of three, uh, three games, best of three uh, to start. Um I and and we we also heard that there's been a lot of pushback. Those that 24 team playoff would include Montreal, would include Chicago, teams that, well, uh, frankly, shouldn't be in the playoffs. Um, yeah. Um, and uh, so you know, there's been talk about a 20 20 team um, 
playoff uh, or 16. Um, I'm, I'm, it's, it's going to, it's going to be interesting because if you're looking at a fairness aspect, I think we go with 20 teams. If you're looking for the NHL to try and include the bigger markets, the original six markets, two big fan bases in Chicago and Montreal, uh, to recoup some of that money they've lost, uh, they might get their way there. Um, be interesting to see what happens. The other part of that is that that hub city system, and we've heard that um, there was 15 um, cities, hub sit, potential hub city cities uh, that were vetted, and it's down to about eight now. Um, it supposedly include, still includes Toronto, Edmonton, Vancouver, Minnesota, Las Vegas, Arizona and Florida. Uh, the Toronto one might be in jeopardy though, because John Tory uh, came out uh, uh, late this past week and said, uh, don't get your, his quote, don't get your hopes out, out that you're going to be seeing professional sports played in Toronto, even in front of an empty stadium before sometime into the fall. So that probably takes um, Toronto out of the, the uh, hub city, uh, uh, discussion unless uh, Mayor Tory uh, uh, changes his mind. He said that that the team approached him with the Hub City proposal and it didn't really get that far. So um, just initial conversation. So I, I, I don't know what's happening uh, there, but we should yeah. be hearing about uh, early next week. The other part of that, uh, the NHL pushing for a June draft, it looks like uh, that uh, – they haven't uh, been able to rally enough support for a June draft. So it, it looks like that might not happen. Uh, although we know that Gary Bettman is still laser focused and he wants um, all the attention on uh, the league for a June draft. So we'll see who, uh, yeah. who wins that one. And we're going to be discussing a, a little bit about Gary Bettman in uh, the second segment. So uh, Rick, with all that said, I say we uh, take a quick break here on the Canadians connection podcast. When we come back, We'll be discussing the uh, AHL canceling the remainder of their season uh, and much more. Stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? 
How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rockets more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Ham's Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. Uh, so, Rick, big, big news out of the AHL this week. And, uh, of course, you guys, this, this happened on a Monday. The press release went out about uh, on a Monday announcing the cancellation of the remainder of the season. Uh, you and, and Amy Johnson discussed this on From the Press Box. Um, but but just again, what are your thoughts on the cancellation of the AHL season? It, for me, it was it was even though you sort of thought that this was in the cards until it actually happened. It's it's something that you can't really uh, say that you expect. It's it's really tough, and and the first yeah. time you know the the Calder Cup was awarded uh, during World War II. It, it, it's it's um, it's been a continuously awarded trophy for so many years and for this year uh, it not to be awarded um, uh, but there was just really no way that yeah. it could have been um, uh, done um, you know the the uh, AHL is much more tied to gate revenues and uh, there was just no way to play um, without uh, fans in the building and so they made the decision that we knew they were going to have to make and that was uh, to cancel the season and and that um, you know the the all the records, the standings, the statistics were all considered final. Uh, so for the Laval Rocket, that means uh, they finished sixth place in the the uh, North Division, two um, places out of uh, the playoffs. Uh, they finished seventeenth in the um, AHL overall, uh, which would have to be. Uh, uh, Set a, a disappointing season, and um, uh, for uh, so many of the analysts were talking about the roster that uh, the uh, Laval Rocket had put together as one of the best uh, ever, and and certainly a playoff uh, a, a guarantee and a Calder Cup opportunity, and and uh, it never really got there. And um, I think. Let's face it, uh, Joel Bouchard is is still uh, finding his way in in it's his you know he came into this without any experience coaching uh, at the pro level and uh, he's still finding his way um, and that yeah. that kind of split between um, development getting used to a development role over his natural instinct to be competitive and to win and and he's still finding his way through that so. Um, it's uh as i said a, a bit of a disappointment um but um it's it's uh something now that um that we we look forward to how this all plays out the the Laval Rocket have a quite a list of unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents uh going into next year and it i i have a feeling that we, it might be quite a different mix of players that we see uh, the next time uh, Volval Rocket uh, are on the ice. 
Yeah. And, and you mentioned Joel Bouchard's sort of finding his way. And perhaps this is a conversation for a different day when we have a little bit more time to devote purely to what the job that he has done. But I mean, you talk about balancing desire to win and the development of prospects. I mean, I think that we would be a little bit more understanding of where he is right now in terms of his journey through, I mean, coming from coaching junior into coaching the pros, that's, that's an adjustment to make. Um, But he came in and very boldly said that he was coming here to win. So when you set that standard for yourself, when you set that goal that you are going to be a, a coach that is going to ask these guys to win, when in the AHL, that's a nice bonus to win and develop at the same time. But the primary goal is is to develop. That That's where, that's you know, it's, it's a farm league. So you want to develop your guys down there. And if you can, win as well, because that's, that's obviously a great thing to develop as well, winning habits. Um, but like I said, yeah, the, the, the fact that he set that standard for himself makes it a little bit, a bit more of a difficult sort of a, a to judge where he is right now. Um, but, but with that said, and, Rick, and you, just you to support through, your point, yeah. just to support your point, uh, I'd say we remember his quote at the beginning of his first season. And he said uh, his priority would be winning uh, yeah. that. Uh, and when he was asked about development, he said uh, that you develop when you win. Um, yeah. And, and it was kind of a naive comment at the time. Um, you figured he would have understood having, played so many games in the AHL, but uh, I guess coaching is different. And, and, you know, we, my pet peeve, my regular refrain is about uh, his unwillingness to use uh, uh, players in difficult situations, knowing that they have to learn. And, and, uh, yeah. and, and that goes to Ryan Paling or, or uh, um, uh, Lucas Fatimo or, or some of those where he'll, He'll, his tendency is to go to his, the veterans, the AHL veterans mm-hmm. or the players he knows from the Armada and, and uh, he's, he's got to let go a bit and, 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 uh, and let those players, let those prospects develop, especially with the Canadians. Um, they're going to have a huge influx of prospects oh, yeah. uh, over the next year or two. But moving to a sort of a, a related point here and we said i was going to discuss gary bettman perhaps in this segment um gary bettman he was pretty bold himself when he said that he was not even contemplating a canceled season and not rewarding the stanley cup so if a season continues in the nhl but there isn't an ahl team then that leaves some guys in a really weird spot where they potentially i mean they wouldn't have an ahl team to play for but the nhl team could use them so, Rick, what do you think of the possibility of the Montreal Canadiens? Like, who would make up a, a team of guys coming up from the AHL? Who would be their black aces? Well, we, we heard from Dave Andrews. He said, uh, and he didn't mention any teams specifically, but he said yeah. that the, most of the, the teams that he had talked to have already identified those black aces, that taxi squad that would be in place um, and, and we know that, that, uh, the playoffs, there's, there's typically, a, a, a group of black aces, a taxi squad, um, that are there to get the experience of the playoffs, but also in case of injuries. And in this case, uh, with the coronavirus, with, um, 
players that have been out um, and and uh, conditioning is going to be, um, you know, rather inconsistent. And, and uh, so there's a greater opportunity for injury. Uh, there's an opportunity for a player to get, heaven forbid, the virus. So they, the, they're yeah. going to need a taxi squad. And, and um, Dave Andrews said that those conversations in, in uh, as, uh, from what he's heard, uh, those conversations have already taken place. The players on each uh, the AHL teams that are going to uh, form that taxi squad have been told uh, that exit interviews have already been done with uh, all the rest of the players. Um, so that gets us to thinking now, who would that be? And, and um, my thought is um, that taxi squad usually comprises eight to 10 players. And so that would break down as, as one to two goaltenders, two to three defensemen, four to five forwards. Um, and particularly with the goaltenders, the, they have to, they have to because of the, the virus situation. Uh, you know, want to get into an emergency backup uh, situation yeah. uh, on the return to play. The, the teams have to carry three goalies. So obviously that one, that's an easy one. Uh, Caden Primo would join Charlie Lindgren and Carey Price, um, and and Primo would be part of that taxi squad uh, on defense. Um, Flurry is is an obvious playing uh, a good portion of the season. Uh, Olafson would be um, uh, there's there's perhaps Olafson and Leskin to choose from, uh, and I think uh, Olafson would get the nod there. Um, and, uh, then let's not forget about Juleson. Um, yeah, he came in at the end of the season and, uh, uh, looked pretty good. Uh, Noah Juleson, um, got into, uh, 13 games and, and, uh, uh, would probably be part of that. Um, on the forward side, that's where it gets really tricky because we don't, yeah. uh, oh, and I, sh- I should say, um, uh, Carl Alsner and um, Xavier Willette were already with, yes. with Victor Matz's injury. Those guys were already called up. So I'm assuming they would uh, stay with the, the roster. Uh, the forwards is confusing because we don't know the state of the, the injuries to Ryan Paling and, and uh, Isbury Kotkaniemi, if they could return right away. Uh, but they would be uh, obviously the first two uh, to be yeah. included in that taxi squad. Uh, Jake Evans is another uh, Charles Houdon, who is up for, for a fair number of games uh, would be another. And L- the aforementioned Lucas Vedemo, who uh, also yeah. got a stint kind of an outside chance. And I know um, uh, this is a, a Joel Bouchard favorite uh, with uh, Laurent Dauphin. And we understand that he was um, maybe being considered for a call up had the season uh, continued. Uh, the interesting one here if there was a way of wriggling that AHL contract and, <laughs> and starting his ELC sooner would be uh yes, Yelonen and uh, yeah, that would be, that would be kind of fun to see him included in the group. Yeah. And, and I don't, I, yeah, I think you've listed the guys that I think we can almost certainly agree are go would be those guys would be the guys that would form that taxi squad, that black aces uh, group of players. Um, the one thing that I'll add to this, and I think we've had this conversation before. I know that I've made this point before. I'm just going to add that Kale Fleury was in Laval when the season was paused. 
he was sent down. And to be quite frank, I'm not exactly clear on why he was sent down because he should have been up in Montreal anyways. <laughs> he should have been there when the season was paused. So that one, I am 100%, no doubt about it. That is one of those guys that is on that squad because the physicality that he brought at an early, you know, in the early part of his career as a rookie defenseman in the NHL, I, I, I never understood why he was sent down to begin with. So for me, that one is... 100% an easy decision. Yeah, no, you're right. And um, unfortunately, uh, Kale Fleury wasn't playing well in, in yeah. uh, Laval, uh, certainly not as well as he had been playing for Montreal. Um, there's someone, someone else I'll just mention. I, I think he's got a really long shot, but that would be Josh Brook. Uh, but just to give yeah. him the experience, just, um, yeah. because he is a, you know, he is um, a prospect that the Canadians hope to be able to uh, develop. Uh, and just to, uh, yeah. you know, get him to be part of that, uh, whether he'd see any action or not, that if they had a really expanded group, it might be nice to see yeah. him in there. And and I was, yeah, and that's somebody that with Noah Juleson and Kale Fleury, if those guys would be a part of it, that would be potentially left out of that group. And that would be unfortunate because the Montreal Canadiens have hopes for this, for, for Josh Brook. And I think that that would be a valuable experience for him, but yeah, like I think that you look at if, if Noah Juleson is prepared and, you know, there was an interview that he did a couple of weeks back where it sounds like he's in a in a good spot. And, of course, with the nature of the injury that he suffered, having get, gotten hit in the head by two different shots in the same game and then the lingering effects, the migraines that he was suffering, you want to be very, very careful about how you proceed with this. But if he thinks that he's in a good spot, then that, that's fantastic news for the Montreal Canadiens because you remember where he was when he got injured. And that was playing behind Jeff Petrie, who was logging a lot of minutes. And then Noah Juleson, because Jeff Petrie was logging a lot of minutes, he had to log a lot of minutes as well without Shea Weber. So I think that this, this is really good news for, for Montreal Canadiens fans if Noah Juleson is ready and he should absolutely be included. But as you said, Josh Brook is also a very interesting name and somebody that you should definitely be looking to get any opportunity to develop any bit of growth and experience that you can provide for him. That would be certainly somebody that you would want to consider. Um, so yeah, Rick, the one thing that you did mention though is dependent on their status. You look at Ryan Paling as another guy. And I think that that's something that Ryan Paling is very cut. Kenyemi. It's very cut. Kenyemi, the nature of his injury, it seems, is going to be a little bit longer. But Ryan Paling, if he's ready to come back, that one, that's a very interesting guy to have in that mix. And uh, if you can provide any bit of opportunity for him as well, I think that that would be a valuable experience. And we know that things are going to change. We know that things yeah. are going to be, they're not going to look the same uh, when yeah. when this all returns. Um, you know, we've, we've heard all kinds of, of um, uh, perhaps ru new rules that are going to be put in place, the full face shields, no spitting, no fighting, no scrums, uh, different yeah. face-off alignments so people aren't leaning on each other. Is all that going to come to play, into play? Is that going to have an effect? Uh, is there going to be more opportunity for um, injury or, or, uh, or are you just going to have to be like, is, if, if everybody's wearing full face shields are, is that going to take more out of players? Are you going to have to be rotating your lineups? Uh, 
particularly if you're playing every day uh, more often. We just don't know. But I think that's, that's also one of the reasons why um, I think when they come back, there's going to be a rather full taxi squad of, of players that each team will be uh, carrying. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that, that benefits hockey in terms of the potential, whenever that time comes where they could come back is, I mean, at least in, in hockey, and obviously there'd be things that you wouldn't, I don't think you'd be able to enforce, you know, no scrums. I think that there would be guys that just would not be able to contain themselves in that way. But the thing that I, I, that I think that helps them a little bit more than a basketball is that you have the jerseys you have, if you can, if you can enforce them wearing facial shields, then that sort of helps them as well. It's not like basketball where you were chest to chest with your opponent and then actually like sweating on them. That's, that's one thing that, you know, it's still a way, I think it's still a ways off, but I think that that benefits them long-term over a basketball where it's, there's direct contact not to say that there isn't in hockey it's a physical game but there is a little bit less of that sort of direct person on person contact and you have a little bit of protective you have your equipment that sort of protects you but obviously isn't it's it's not going to mean that it comes back you know far far sooner than other sports but i think that that might be something that could benefit hockey in that um so rick with uh with that said discuss the guys that we think could comprise the taxi squad the black aces for the montreal canadians um i'll take a quick break here on the canadians connection podcast and when we come back we're going to look at the bracket challenge and how that has progressed and uh, much more so stay with us on the canadians connection podcast here on rocket sports radio the Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to showyourhabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net. 
your year-round resource for anything HABS-related. That's allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadian Connection podcast. As we talked about comparing sort of hockey to the other sports, I mean, you look at, Rick, you were just talking about baseball as being something where there's a very large, uh, you know, sort of gap between the players and owners in baseball. That that presents a lot of different, you know, you uh, Blake Snell made some comments about, you know, the risk of, of playing right now and potentially contracting the coronavirus. But then he also made, you know, points about his contract and how this would all impact the agreed to sum of money that he signed and that he wouldn't be getting paid what he agreed to. So it's, it seems like there is some, there's a real, um, some discontent in, amongst MLB players and there's a separation between the players and the owners that would, you know, potentially impact us seeing MLB baseball. Um, so, I mean, it's, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things at play here. Yeah, I I I see some progress. I I know that that the NHL seems like it's all over the place, so like it's trying yeah. trying all different things and and um um but there's a little bit of momentum um uh towards uh, uh resume resuming play and and uh but I think that as as yeah, as we were saying in the in the break, the, um, the MLB is probably furthest away. There seems to be a real gulf, especially around uh, the whole CBA and, and the proportions of revenue and, and all of that sort of thing. Um, yeah. Baseball is probably, uh, you know, uh, it would surprise me if, if, uh, if they come back. And, and we mentioned this because, I mean, we're sports fans. You're the yeah. people who listen to us. You're sports fans. We miss sports. Um, they, they are, a, a part of our, our, our winter life, our summer life. Um, and, and we really miss it, but we have to, we have to do this properly so that, uh, players yeah. are protected so that support staff are protected so that fans that when, when they're uh, returned, uh, allowed to return, that they're protected. Um, and you know, I, 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 I wonder what's going to happen, um, if, if we if we jump right into the playoffs, you know what a playoff atmosphere is like in any oh. city. And if Edmonton is a is is becomes a hub, don't you think that the bars in Edmonton are going to be packed watching these games, even though there's nobody in the building? And and what risk yeah. does that pose? We just don't know. Uh, and will things, you know, it it would be devastating if 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 uh, all this time to reopen they reopen. There's an incident and and we have to close the, the season again. It, there's so much unknown, um, and, but that's why we try to cover all the bases. And, and even though things yeah. are changing so quickly, we try to give you all the information because we know that you're desperate to have sports back, <laughs> particularly hockey in your life, just as we, we are. And, and you mentioned that aspect of it, too, which is something that I didn't think of, is that people, you know, would congregate towards an area to watch a, watch a game together. And one thing that I thought was, was really interesting was in the NBA, you know, there's some discussion amongst some players that will be leading the Players Association in the NBA. And they were told outright, it was like, listen, you might have to be just, oh, you have to just, 
be okay with the fact that there might be a positive test and we'd have to go on. And that's something that is, to me, this is a, this is a really just, you, uh, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> you don't want to hear that, that, li- that life would just go on after, you know, another incident where an NBA player contracts the coronavirus. So this is something that, as you said, we're all sports fans. And I think there's no better evidence than my Twitter timeline earlier today when the Bundesliga was on television and people were watching that, that I've never seen talk about European football. <laughs> so, so for me, I understand why we would all want this to happen, but there are some risks here, not only for, for the players, but as you said, as you pointed out, that's the, it's, it's in a fan's DNA. It's in their blood. They want to go and watch the game. And if they want to do that at a bar that they think is safe, then they're going to do that. And then what happens if that's not the case? And then there's another cluster. You don't want that to happen. So very, very good point, Rick. Um, and, and this is, yeah. this is going to evolve in, and, and um, yes. And again, this, you know, if, if there, if there is a test, uh, if, if there is someone who tests positive, uh, does that mean that that uh, Claude Julien keeps um, who, a player who might be considered more vulnerable out of his lineup, Max Domi? Yeah. Well, then then that taxi squad comes becomes really important. Um, and all of these things are going to evolve. They're going to change a lot before we we get there. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it it all unfolds. Absolutely. But we're glad and you're we'll with be, us, yeah, and, and we're really absolutely. glad that that you're all uh, staying with us and listening and and subscribing, and we really appreciate that. One hundred percent. And and as we've we've been doing, we've been trying, in the absence of hockey, to sort of create something to do, to talk about, to generate a uh, discussion. And in that, we have got the bracket challenge. Um, and we've been moving on. We've been moving, and we're through round two. Actually, we're into round three. Round three is going to be beginning. Uh, sometime after this podcast. Um, and Rick, we had two pretty interesting matchups to round out the second round. Um, one that included a pair of, well, actually two that included former teammates, if you remember uh, Michael Ryder's second stint with the Montreal Canadiens, which, which did happen and we discussed very openly on this podcast. But one was really interesting to me because these guys played very effectively together during the 2010 run to the Eastern Conference Finals. It was Tomasz Plekanich and Mike Camilleri. And uh, as you might expect, Tomasz Plekanich being a guy that played a lot more games for the Montreal Canadiens than Mike Camilleri, he, he got 88% of the vote in that matchup. Uh, Mike Camilleri, as I said, uh, he beat out Brian Gianta the previous round. And that surprised me a little bit. But, I mean, you put some stock into those goals that he scored on way, you know, beating – Alexander Ovechkin in the Washington Capitals and then beating Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, I guess there's, there, there were people that really held on to that memory of, of Mike Camilleri ripping those one-timers. <laughs> uh, but moving on, we had a really interesting matchup in Max Pacioretty and Michael Ryder. And this one was a little bit closer than I thought it was going to be. I thought that it was going to be a slam dunk for uh, Max Pacioretty. It turned out to be a little bit, it was, it was, it's about 75, 25. It's, it's just below that. It's 74% for Max Pacioretty, 26% for Michael Ryder. And uh, two guys that scored some goals for the Montreal Canadiens had 30 goal seasons, one of which was a uh, captain for the team. Um, and yeah, as I said, they did play together for a brief period of time. So two very interesting uh, matchups to end round two of our bracket challenge that lead us to two 
even more interesting matchup. This is where it gets, because as we've said, the Montreal Canadiens in the 2000s, there are some really, really good players. And then there's some players that they had a couple good seasons. They, they, they were, you know, good little players for a period of time. And they maybe trailed off a little bit. Now we're here with the final four for the forwards. And we've got two matchups that I think are going to be uh, very, very, I, I think we know who might advance out of them, but I think they're still going to generate a very, very interesting conversation. Well, it's, uh, we, we've had surprises before and it depends on, on yep. our listeners. And uh, we saw in the, in the Max Pacioretty, Michael Ryder, you had uh, maybe, um, you know, all of, all of your listeners from Newfoundland, uh, Michael <laughs> Ryder uh, from Bonavista, hey. he had a lot of support. So uh, what did I say? We never really what, know. What did I say? We're nothing if not persistent. And we wanted Michael <laughs> <There you laughs> to get through. So we, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen out of this, out of the two matchups that we have. As I said, we'll be posting the first matchup of the third round. Uh, at some point uh, in the next couple of days. So keep a lookout for that because, as we said, we want to encourage this conversation to sort of, you know, give us, as we said, we're all sports fans, we miss sports, but that doesn't mean that we have to stop talking about sports and stop thinking about sports. And and this sort of, uh, the two matchups that I've, that I've referenced is going to be Zach Okoivu and Brendan Gallagher, and then you have Max Pacioretty and Tomasz Plekanec. And that's going to encourage a lot of conversation uh, and we've gotten some great feedback as we talked about a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago or last week rather. Uh, we had a, a matchup of uh, Alex Kovalev and uh, and Brennan Gallagher. I can't remember if that was last week or the week before, where there was this very you know there was a back and forth. There was some you know um, some guys that thought that the point the eighty uh, over eighty point season that Kovalev had was a little bit more valuable than maybe what Brendan Gallagher has brought over the last couple of years, and then there was the opposite side of that. So, like I said, we love this type of conversation that this is creating, um, and we we credit Mike, our, our very our good friend Mike, who has been working on this, who uh, brought this to our attention that this was something that could be very interesting to do, and and it has been. It's been great. Thanks to Mike and, yeah. and uh, thanks to all the listeners who've uh, participated. And listen, if, um, if you have um, something to contribute, if you have an idea, um, if you want to give us your list of, of black aces for the Montreal Canadians, then make sure to reach out to us uh, on social media, whether that's uh, Twitter, uh, whether that's our um, uh, Facebook group, the all Habs Facebook page uh, um, or uh, you can get to us directly. Uh, remember, there's always the Rocket Sports uh, text line. That's 5853ROCKET, 5853ROCKET. Or send us an email, uh, info at allhabs.net. And, and uh, we got a really interesting email. Uh, maybe we'll get to it next week uh, from Dino. Uh, and his topic was, um, what would the, the great players from uh, yesteryear have accomplished with today's equipment? Uh, mm. And uh, and our, our, as we said, our sports fans, our hockey fans, uh, are are thinking and 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 uh, pondering uh, all of these uh, kinds of questions. So, uh, at some point, we'll have uh, live hockey to talk about. For now, yeah, um, we just have to bring you the news and uh, and uh, uh, speculate about these these other things. But we're glad that you're here, and uh, we thank you. But also. Uh, we ask you to reach out and, and tell a friend about us because we'd love to have uh, 
more, more Canadians fans join us on the Canadians Connection and also from the press box that happens every Tuesday. Absolutely. And uh, there's no better source for the AHL than from the press box and the AHL report. So certainly uh, worth a listen uh, when that drops. Uh, so, Rick, uh, with all that said, I guess we'll wish everybody, even though every weekend is feeling like a long weekend <laughs> for, for, for most for most people, for non-essential workers, uh, we wish everyone a happy Victoria Day long weekend. Uh, spend it with your family, but of, of, of course, practice safe social distancing, all of those things that we've, that we've been saying and everyone's been saying. It's, it's very much, it's, it's important to keep that in mind, um, but, but spend time with your loved ones on this, uh, this long weekend for sure. So Rick, with, uh, with that said, we will say goodbye for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll be back with you next week at 1 p.m. Eastern and it's 2.30 Newfoundland time. Thank you for tuning into the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.